awesome God. Father, I thank you today in this place. I thank you for your presence. And where your presence is, there is liberty. That's the word of God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I pray today for liberty in your mind. Liberty is freedom. No bondage, no strongholds. In the name of Jesus, we speak that the word of God will go into good ground this morning. The lives of every person standing here, those who may be listening to a CD or on the internet. We thank you today, Father. Your presence is making a difference right now in their hearts and in their minds. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Um, just want us to take a minute before I share this morning. Um, Ashley, uh, is it Newton? Ashley Newton. Uh, she's a girlfriend to Robert over here. Robert O'Brien is in the hospital. Uh, she had allergic reaction to whatever they gave her to help her. How many of you know that's not good? When they're trying to help you, they give you something that you react to. So I want to pray for her. And then my husband went to the hospital. There was a couple who used to attend here a long time ago. And uh, he's, I guess, transitioning to heaven right now. And they called Nest Pastor Bill to come. So let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for Ashley. We thank you that, first of all, Lord, that whatever these seizures are, that you show them the root of the problem. And that gets taken care of quickly. We thank you she's healed of the Lord from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And whatever this reaction is, that it's quickly taken care of. We also pray for the Howe family. We thank you, Father, that you know Jerry and Jerry knows you. And so we thank you, for Father, that you are in that room. You are there to comfort and to help those that are here. And that you, you will see him today in your presence. And we give you the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, for those of you, Pastor John is over in another area of the building right now, but I'm going to be sharing with you today. And if you, I'm Pastor John's mother, Pastor Pam, and uh, taught him everything I know, everything he knows. I taught him what I know. Now he's got to figure out the rest. Amen. Uh, you know, God is good, and he does great things in our life. I say that because I find out now when I shake hands with people, they don't know who I am or why I'm here. And uh, they don't know why Pastor Bill's here at all because he's only here for service. But, uh, you know, God... God has a way of just taking things from glory to glory. Amen. But today I want to share with you. I've been sharing on uh, Wednesday nights and some of you've been here for those messages, but I've been, I've been talking about unholy alliances, too much flesh. Everybody say too much flesh. And uh, God began to speak to me back in the early part of the summer. I've been seeking God about just about things in our nation, things about that I see in the church. Uh, expectations that I have supernaturally to see God move in the earth and, and why I'm not seeing some of those things and uh, answers just to questions. How many of you ask God questions? It's a good idea to ask God. Amen. And as I was doing that, I was in Florida. I was with some friends and, and the lady that was in the front seat was just sharing with us about um, how she used to live on the beach right in Fort Lauderdale on the penthouse floor of an apartment building, which, you know, is way up there, 26, 27th floor. And what a beautiful view it was from up there and uh, how she loved the view, but she never felt comfortable in that apartment. And uh, because of the things that she would see going on on the beach and uh, you know, how many of you know, sometimes beaches, uh, she just said flat out, you know, there's a lot of nakedness. There's a lot of partying, a lot of things going on on the beach. And when I look out at the ocean and the sunrise and all those things, it's beautiful. But when I look down on the beach, it's, 
it's just not the same. And uh, she said, I just am uncomfortable. And uh, the pastor we used to have in Tulsa and his family were visiting in Florida and ran into them, ended up having dinner with them. And she was relating this story to him. He said, this is a beautiful view. And she said, yes, but I just never feel comfortable here. And, and the pastor said to her, too much flesh. And when she said that, it was like God said to me, that's what you've been asking me. I'm telling you, that's what's the problem. Too much flesh. Everybody say too much flesh. And uh, I know in my life, you know, the longer I've known the Lord, the more he has worked on the things in my flesh. How, how many of you know you have flesh? <laughs> you have a soulish realm, and then you have the spirit of God if you're born again. And the spirit of God knows the truth of the word of God. The Holy Spirit's been given to us to show us and lead us and guide us. The Bible says into all truth in John chapter 14. And so it also says in John 16 that he only tells us what those things are that the father would say and that he will even show us things to come. So I thank God for the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me. That's always telling me, encouraging me and showing me what God is saying. And, uh, as I, the whole month of June and July, God's been speaking to me about that very issue and showing me situations and circumstances where that's the case. And, uh, when we get into the flesh, we've entered into that realm of, of, the enemy because he works with the flesh. Now he does it through our mind because the battlefield with the enemy is in our mind. But how many of you know your flesh always wants something and it isn't necessarily what you're supposed to have? You know, I just, I just know, you know, it tries to pull me to the biscuits at the cracker barrel and I have to refuse and go to Bob Evans and eat an English muffin. But I would prefer to eat the biscuit. Now, they offer biscuits at Bob Evans, but there I have a choice of the English muffin. So there I make the right choice. But if you take my sweet little person over to Cracker Barrel, I am going to say biscuits for sure. And so, you know, I think flesh, you know, we, we laugh at some of the things. But right now it's become very serious. And in our world, and I'm sure you could agree, there's a lot of flesh a lot of flesh going on. My husband just told me this week that a poll was taken. Now, we know in our nation uh, there's the claim that, that well, I think 80% of the people say they're Christian or, you know, uh, believe in God. But when they took a poll of whether gay marriage is, you know, acceptable or not, 46% said yes and 45% said no. Something's not right with that. That, that's, that's people that have gone over into the flesh. I had a person tell me in the, in the first service, I work with people who've been reading a book called 50 shades of gray. I want to tell you folks, there is no gray. There is black and white. There's the word of God. There's good and evil. There's the work of the enemy and there's the work of God. And so as times progress, we know from the word of God, and I'll share it with you in a minute that, that it is getting darker in the earth, but that just makes the light shine brighter if we're really living the life that God called us to live. So as I begin to really study that too much flesh, God really began to show me areas in my life where I would get into the flesh and, and not even think that I was in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit knows when you're in the flesh. How many of you know that the Spirit of God will tell you? How many of you have ever started to do something and something inside of you says you shouldn't do that, but you just go a few steps more, and once you get into the flesh, it only escalates into more flesh. And so uh, this week, as, I, as I've been hearing from God all through these three months, we're getting ready to go into a huge battle that if we're not prepared for that battle, that we will not be able to compete in that battle, nor will we be able to resist what comes against us. And the only way to stay 
in a safe place is to stay in the spirit. Everybody say, stay in the spirit. And, and so that means the flesh is going to have to be set aside, and we're going to have to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So as we approach these things, I, this week, how many of you heard the Chick-fil-A situation? You know, it was clearly a battle between good and evil. It, it's not about Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's not about the man from Chick-fil-A. The devil is stirring up things to position the Word of God to make it null and void, and you will never do that. The devil cannot do it. No man can do it because the word of God, it says in the Bible, will stand forever. It cannot be destroyed. However, there will be a battle that comes from truth being set as, as the standard, and it has become a battle in our nation so much so that there's been many inroads into taking that truth and silencing the truth. But God will not be silenced. So when I heard that battle and I saw what happened, I was really blessed. My husband went to get a Chick-fil-A, and he drove around out there and and the police were out there and they had to control the traffic it took him an hour to get through the chick-fil-a i mean righteousness rose to the surface and i think and it was across the nation uh of course you know uh, and and it's not people see it we're, our fight is not against flesh and blood but powers and principalities and so in the spirit you can see what's going on if you're looking with the eyes of the spirit and you're hearing with the ears of the spirit. And so as that happened, then the enemy retaliated and there were people who said, well, we're going to show up and protest. And uh, no, I don't think there were any protesters at this particular Chick-fil-A that we heard about, but in other places there were. And uh, I heard the story that uh, some of the people at Chick-fil-A took out lemonade and offered it to the protesters. Everybody said led by the spirit. And when they got out there and gave them the lemonade, they didn't want it. They wouldn't take it. See, you know, the enemy is going to stand against righteousness forever. He stood against Jesus. He's going to stand against us. But that doesn't mean that we become whatever the world is becoming. We continue to become all God wants us to be. But it's clearly going to be a difference between the church and the world. That there will clearly be a difference in the end. And so that means as the church, we have to make a decision not to operate in the realm of the flesh and let the spirit of God rise up on the inside of us. And as I was preparing this message for today, I uh, drove by the river this past week on Harrison Street Bridge. And um, I looked up at the river and there's not a lot of water in the Wabash like usual for sure. And there's a lot of dirt and ground uh, and there's even places where it looks like grass is growing in that dirt. And uh, I, maybe it's that way all the time because you can't see under the water. But I did, this thought went through my mind, that's the way it is in the church. That the river of life that's supposed to be flowing out of the people of God has now, it is in drought stage, just like the world is in drought stage, you know, in many areas of their life. And for sure, our, our corn crops are in drought stage and things are in drought stage in the earth. When there's a drought, there's, there's a lack. And so if the body of Christ is lacking that water flowing out of their spirit, then there's a reason for that. Everybody say there's a reason. And, it, and, and God began to speak to me. It's too much flesh. Everybody say too much flesh. And so the river doesn't flow. You know, it's, it doesn't change the fact that we have, a, we have a whole well inside of us. The Bible says there's a well in us. But if we're not living the life of the spirit, then the river isn't flowing. And I want to talk to you about that today. It says in Revelations that uh, John, he was, John was one of the disciples, and uh, he had a revelation 
of what God was going to do. And I want you to look at Revelation. It's Revelation 1, and uh, they're going to put it up here on the screen. But it says, I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos, Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit. Everybody say, in the Spirit. On the Lord's Day. Now, that would have been like here in the church, you know, like on a Sunday. Uh, and I heard behind me, a loud voice as of a trumpet. Now, it wasn't a trumpet. It was a voice saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, everybody say, what you see. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Tyathira, to Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Now, it says that they sent this message to the angels of, of the churches, but really, that angel's word is pastors. Everybody say pastors. And so in, in this time, God wanted to reveal something to those seven churches, and he used John. He gave John a revelation in the spirit. Everybody say in the spirit. I believe we're in the day where we're going to see by the spirit things that maybe we don't understand, don't even know how it could be done, but we are the people who begin to let that river of life that's on the inside of us flow out of the Holy Spirit and begin to call forth those things that God wants to call forth into the earth. But if our well is not functioning, you know, if, we, if the well is dried up, then there's nothing going to come up out of that well, and we're going to just stay in the flesh and never know what it is that God's going to do. I, for one, want to know what God is doing. You know, we have newspapers, we have television, we have a lot of people speaking into our lives today that uh, maybe are telling us what they see in the natural, but what God sees, it says in Mark 4, that, that, that God has to make your eyes to see and your ears to hear. And he said, this has been made known to us who know Christ. It's not been made known to the world, but it's been made to those made known to those who know Christ. So when we know what's going on, when we know by the spirit what's going on, we have the ability to have authority and power over those things. And when God gave me this message, he said, there will be one thing lacking in the church through all of this. And that's the power. Everybody say the power. We'll have knowledge. You know, the church will have knowledge. He said, they'll have plenty of knowledge, but they will have no power to do anything with that knowledge because knowledge doesn't have power. The Holy Spirit of God has power. But the Holy Spirit gives us knowledge, gives us understanding. But it's not that knowledge or understanding that has power. It's having that and allowing the Holy Spirit to take care of that in the earth. So this is um, a church, you know, when we came here, all those years ago, this is a Holy Ghost church. Everybody say a Holy Ghost church. We not only believe that you're filled with the Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus Christ, but we also believe that he endues us with power, according to Acts 1.8, to do those things that God's called us to do. And in Psalm 119.18, it says, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things. Everybody say wondrous things. From your law. Now, that wondrous things are matters beyond human perception requiring spiritual insight to see them. If you're here today, you have the ability to see beyond what you see in the natural. But that ability to see that is only available when that river is flowing out of the inside and it's not squelched by things that have happened in our life. Today, I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service because I believe God told me to pray for some specific things over people's lives because it's time for the river to flow. Uh, several years ago, 
the Lord began to speak to me that in the end, there would be a river, a flood of water that, you know, that's what I saw, a big river. And up the center of it was fire. And it was the power of God flowing through that river. And he, and he reminded me of Ezekiel where it says uh, that everything that lives by the river, uh, everything that's by the river will live and have life. Everything that's by the river. It's Ezekiel 48. And so he gave me a song out of that that said, Resurrection River, power and glory revealed in the earth. I believe it's, I believe it's about to happen. I believe we get to participate in it. But it said instant transformation. Everybody say instant transformation. Now, you may be here today, and there's things in your life that have grabbed your life or held on to your life. There is no way that the river of life is going to flow. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. But that river is not going to flow unless, unless that opening is flowing out of the innermost being. That's what cleanses us. We can't cleanse ourselves by telling ourselves knowledge. The cleansing comes from the knowledge of the word of God with the power of God that brings the cleansing of God to set us free. And there's a whole world out there that's going to be coming into the church that is ready to be free. But the only way to get them free is by the spirit. Everybody say by the spirit. Now, knowledge will help them understand, but it's the power of God that delivers or brings healing or whatever is necessary. So as I was looking at this, it says in Second Timothy, if you'll turn there, uh, and I can't preach that whole series that I preached. It's, it's on uh, line if you want to look at it. But it's in Second Timothy uh, chapter 3 that we're going to look. It says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, perilous is simply uh, a society that is barren of virtue but abounding with vices. Would you say that describes what we're a part of? And, and of course, this week we had a, a you know, a real-life story of that same thing. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its, denying its what? Denying its power, denying its power, and from such people turn away. The power of God is available to anybody who lives for God because the truth of the word is that inside us lives the very power that raised Christ from the dead. Everybody say, it's in me. It's in me. We are a supernatural being. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am really supernatural. Now, <laughs> now you know, I know you're seeing them in the natural, but everybody say the truth. See, the truth will make you free. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Every one of us have been made free, but I do not believe. I, I read a thing in Brother Copeland's Faith to Faith. He said, you know, the insensitivity. Everybody say the insensitivity. Say that word. Say it again. Insensitivity of the church to the Holy Spirit leaves us lacking in power to do anything that God's called us to do. I don't want to be insensitive to the Holy Spirit. But, you know, I think it's true that the whole, the whole world has become desensitized. Doesn't mean they won't love God. It just says they love themselves more. How does that happen? Flesh rises above spirit. And I believe what God is saying today here for us today is this. Uh, and he gave me three things. These are three things that will stop what God wants to do in your spirit and through your spirit, selfishness, pride, and a hard heart. 
selfishness, pride, and a hard heart. Now, selfishness is something we have to make a decision to not be. Pride is something we have to make a decision not to be. And, uh, you know, spiritual pride is probably one of the worst. But, uh, you know, pride is not, that exalts man above God. And there will be no good result out of that. Selfishness, we, we see the results of selfishness in our world today. But God told me today to just focus on hard-heartedness. And, and from this perspective, you know, Pastor John's been speaking on stretching. And uh, how many of you have been stretched for the last four weeks <laughs> in the messages that you've heard? But, but I'm speaking to you today about stretching in the area of following after the Holy Spirit of God. That is the only thing that will make us different in the last days. There's knowledge galore in the earth. There's, there's knowledge everywhere. It says in the last days, knowledge will increase. You can, you can Google anything, you know. And I had God say to me once, Google me before you Google Google. And uh, I think that's a good thought. You know, not, not that you don't Google because thank God for all we can know today. I mean, I thank God for the things that I read. However, I don't accept anything that I read that does not bear witness with my spirit. But if your spirit isn't fed, it's not going to know if it's good or bad. It'll just say, oh, yeah, so-and-so said. You know, like these women that said, oh, yeah, this book, Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, we, hey, this is going to now be our guide. You know, there's all kinds of guides out there. But the church has the leading of the Holy Spirit of God first and foremost above anything else. You know, I've seen it in in situations in my life, even when I was pastoring the church. Sometimes you want to do things, you know, and and you think, well, this would be good if we just did this. But it's not a God good for that moment. But it's a good thing, and it may be used some other time every day by the Spirit. And it's the same in your life when you have situations and circumstances. Well, that's the time when you better know by the Spirit of God what you're going to say out your mouth. And I'm telling you, we are living in a world today that the enemy is going to try to make God look just like he made Eve believe. And we are going to have to stand by the Spirit of God. So in this day that we're living in, we are in this kind of a battle on a daily basis basis. We just may not know it yet. How many of you feel it at your work? How many of you can feel the intensity? Uh, those that work at Purdue, I know, you know, there's a real assault. In education, there is a tremendous assault against truth, against the Word of God, and against the Bible. But I'm telling you, we know we win. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is good news. We win. Now, this is what I want to say to you today. You have to be in the, and we're going to talk about being hard-hearted. We're going to pray for you. But I was in the hospital with my husband just a couple weeks ago. And uh, if you know Pastor Bill, a lot of you don't know my husband, but he loves to tease and he loves to get in. Uh, He just, I'm just always going, oh, no, you know. But we were at the hospital and I said to this lady, I I really like your hair. She had a really cute hairdo. I'm a woman, I noticed. And he goes, oh, you women, you talk about the silliest things. Well, that got her riled up. And, of course, he loves that. See, then she starts, then he starts, and they go back and forth. And she finally came to this. She said, "Um, you know, my husband, he says the same thing. You know, he's always in a hurry to go somewhere, and I I have to fix my hair. And he says, hurry up and fix your hair. And she said, I just go, aye, aye, Captain. And he goes, that is perfect. And he turned to me, and he said, honey, from now on, I just want you to say, aye, aye, Captain. And I looked at him, and I, I didn't say anything. But she said, the lady said, I apologize in advance for what this is going to cause you. And uh, sure enough, he comes back, and he said, have you been practicing while well, I've been gone? You know, I, I, Captain. 
I said, you're going to have to go for another test if you don't stop it because there's going to be something else wrong with you. Hallelujah. Uh, but, you know, I, I captain. Everybody say, I captain. But there is a voice on the inside of every one of us who know Jesus. And to that voice, we should be saying, I, I captain. Amen. And, and it's a day where we cannot afford to do just that little bit that we want to do in the flesh because the enemy has intensified his attack. And he is not only after you, he's after your children. He's after everything that you have. And he will take it. He will take it if you drop your guard and you let him in. Well, the thing that the Lord began to show me, and, and it was just by accident, I was in uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And uh, I, I was reading about uh, where it says knowledge puffs up. But then it says, but the love of God edifies. And it was talking about how people who don't know what to do, uh, that, that as believers, we have to watch what we do because, you know, they may not be able to handle things that we can handle, but we can't be in a position to put them in a position of temptation to do what we do. And, and it, God began to speak to me that we have to be sensitive. Everybody say sensitive. Well, if you're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you will not be sensitive to what's going on around you. And uh, he, he gave me this story. It's in John chapter 4 of the woman at the well. Now, you know, probably this story means more to me than maybe some people because I was the woman at the well. I didn't have five husbands, by the way, but I was divorced twice. I love it when Pastor John and, or was it Lori last week? It was John. <laughs> Those are my children. They argue all the time. <laughs> I know. I was at a wedding last night, and my granddaughter, my granddaughter did something, or my grandson, and my daughter said to me, get up and go da-da-da-da. I said, okay. So I got up, and then she said, sit down. So I sat back down. Somebody across the table said, do they order you around like that all the time? I said, I never know what I'm supposed to be doing anymore. But, but you know, I'm telling you, one of them threw me under the bus last Sunday. It happens often now. My husband used to throw me under the bus. Now my son throws me under the bus. But I was divorced twice. And so when I got saved, I thought I was worth nothing. Nothing. And I was very hard-hearted because I had all my barriers up just in case somebody was going to shoot me with an arrow. And so when God talks to me about sensitivity, I have a heart for people uh, that I see beyond. I see beyond. What they say to me. I mean, I've had people in my office just really get mad at me because the Holy Spirit tells me to say something and it hits that button that they don't want to be hit. But if you can take the flack, pretty soon you can get in. See, but you got to take the flack. You got you got to be able to take the flack. And if you're hard-hearted, you retaliate because you aren't letting anybody say that to you. By golly. And they are wrong in the way they're talking. But my fight is not with you. My fight is with that thing that holds you. And I will win <laughs> because love always wins. Amen? And so when I, when I saw this, in my Bible, there it says sensitivity. I tell you, God is so funny. But it says sensitivity, reconciliation. Everybody say reconciliation. What we're about to face, God is stretching us. That's true. But he's stretching us beyond ourselves into what's necessary for what's coming. And, and it's going to be full of flesh. That's what God said to me in the beginning. I thought, sure, he was going to tell me how many people I knew that were in the flesh. And he told me I was. <laughs> and so then he started working on my flesh. 
And, you know, when you have any area of flesh, then you become a tool of the enemy instead of a tool for the Holy Spirit of God. And so he really began to deal with me that, that that's, you're really going to have to be a little sharper here in the spirit in order to handle what I'm going to be bringing you. And they're coming. They're coming. And it's not going to be like what we see right now. But we have to get rid of all hard-heartedness that's in us because we will not be able to be what God called us to be. Jesus, here with the Samaritan woman, it says in verse 4, he needed to go through Samaria. Well, you know, Jesus wouldn't normally go through Samaria. Number one, you know, that the Samarians and the Israelites didn't get along. Number two, he talked to a woman. He did everything that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. And then I read the part that he said, if you'd have known who I was, you would have asked me for water because the water that I give lasts forever and it never stops and you'll never be thirsty again. Well, what is it that flows out of the life of every believer that's a Holy Ghost believer? The river of life. And if it's not flowing, then it's not doing what God wants it to do. And that's what he told her was, was what she would receive. And, and then she said, I, I perceive that you're a prophet. Well, I don't believe God's going to cause people to see that we're a prophet, but for sure I'm believing they're going to know they've been with Jesus because of the river of life that's going to flow through us. And it's not going to be us. It's going to be when we speak, they are set free. When we, when we say a word, God is going to bring that word up out of that well, and it's going to come with such power that we're going to see what I heard in that song, instant transformation from darkness into life. Instant transformation from drugs to being totally set free. Instant transformation from alcohol to totally being set free. How many of you want to see a river like that flow through? I believe God's getting ready to do it. Now, he'll do it with or without us because he is going to show up. However, we are his vessels to be able to take these people. And he said to me, this power that's coming is going to be so tremendous that we've got to be able to flow with it or it will it'll take us out. Two. In other words, we got to be flowing in that river. I want you to stand today and I want to pray for you because I believe the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in this place today. And I believe there are people here today whose hearts have been hardened. I'm only telling you this because I believe it's what God said to me. I don't know you. I don't know all of you personally, but I do know this. In the first service, there was a man here that God set free and it was something that was Nobody, no matter what words you said, no matter what, th- what you try to say to people when they're hurting, no matter how much you pour that, sometimes it just is the river of God when it starts to flow. And that person, that thing just breaks. It has no power, no power. So if you'll bow your heads today, I want to pray for you. You may be here today and say, you know, that's me. I, I know there is a place in my heart that needs to be fixed. You may be here today and say, I don't know, but I am willing to ask God right now. You don't have to go by what I say. Let's just open our heart. And I'm going to pray, God, show every person in here where the river stopped flowing. This is what he said to me. Go back to where the river stopped flowing. Go back to that place. You know where it was. It's a word. It's something somebody did. I mean, it just like, it just... The wall went up, and you, you're living, but you are not really alive. And God wants to set you free first today in this place. 
if that's you and you know that's me, you know, this is this is a, a word from God. It, God will set you free right now in this place. You grab that word. Lift your hand if that's you. You know, that's me. I, I'm, I've got a clog here that has to be fixed. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He knows. He knows. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.